you might think you're going deep enough, but nobody goes as deep as philosophy. That can be annoying, but it can also be very fruitful when one is researching a problem to try to see things from different angles. This is Parsing Science, the unpublished stories behind the world's most compelling science, as told by the researchers themselves. I'm Ryan Watkins. And I'm Doug Lay. Today, in episode 93 of Parsing Science, we'll talk with Luke Cuddy from Southwestern College's philosophy program about a video game called The Witness. In his chapter for a new book on pop culture as philosophy, Luke investigated the frustration infamously invoked by the game's increasingly sophisticated puzzles, as perhaps resulting from the theory of knowledge built into it through enigmatic recordings which, when unlocked within the game, players can access. Here's Luke Cuddy. Hi, I'm Luke Cuddy. I am a professor of philosophy at Southwestern College in uh, Southern California. It's a community college in San Diego County. Been in California most of my life. Um, I was born in Massachusetts and I moved out when I was about seven or eight. And I did all my schooling in California after that, including college, and I've stuck here to teach. I have done research in in my career, but as you can probably tell from the fact that I teach community college, teaching was kind of my focus. So that's what I mainly like doing. I was one of the pioneers, if I can call myself that, in the early mid 2000s regarding video games and philosophy. I wasn't the only one, but I was one of the uh, among a group of philosophers who sort of saw that video games were being ignored by philosophers in particular part of which was the cultural view of them. But anyways, I became interested in that. And I did a series of books for um, Open Court and Blackwell Publishing, probably the most famous of which is Legend of Zelda and Philosophy. And so in my professional career, rather than do traditional research, I've done that kind of more fun pop culture stuff. Um, Occasionally, I'll do a more real hardcore research article. But the articles I write now are more for fun, like this one we're going to talk about today. Uh, Mostly that's what I do. I teach and I write about philosophy and games. The Witness was the second video game released by the game designer Jonathan Blow. His first major video game was Braid, an innovative and widely praised indie game allowing players to manipulate the flow of time to solve puzzles. The game made Blow a bit of a celebrity in the gaming community, and he was even featured in the 2012 documentary Indie Game The Movie, which went behind the scenes of the development of Braid and two other games. Blow used the revenue and fame from Braid to fund The Witness, which took him and a small development team about seven years to finalize before releasing in 2016. We started out by asking Luke to summarize what gameplay looks like in The Witness. Actually, if I had to use three words, descriptors, an open world puzzle indie game. And the reason I say indie game is because Jonathan Blow, who's kind of the head lead designer and creator, it was just him and a small programming team, to my knowledge, that did pretty much everything, which is unheard of. You know, if you watch the credits on something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it it, it takes like 20 minutes. I mean, and that's just for the first fifth of it. You know, I mean, there's just so many people that work on it. So anyways, it's an indie game because it was a smaller crew with a specific goal that weren't trying to satisfy any consumers or, you know, they weren't following up on a series. Uh, But the game itself is an open world game where you're not given any instructions. You just sort of wake up and you walk out and it's just beautiful environments, just really well designed environments, which Blow himself said he used In an interview, he said that he actually got some of them from real landscape designers. So you basically walk out, no instructions, and you'll start to gradually encounter different puzzles. 
and it's not linear by any means. You can go anywhere. You can go to the hardest puzzles first if you work hard to travel through the environment. But the first things you'll see are some kind of more basic puzzles. So ultimately, it's this game where you explore this huge open world island that's beautiful and you solve these increasingly sophisticated puzzles that unlike something like Tetris, the complexity builds upon previous puzzles, but the rules also change. Whereas in Tetris, things get increasingly complex, but the rules more or less stay the same. For instance, in the game, the rules significantly change to where in some puzzles, you're using environmental cues outside of the puzzle to solve it in the environment around you, which is sort of unheard of in, in most puzzle games where the puzzle is contained within itself. While many action and adventure games include puzzle elements in their design, puzzle games focus specifically on puzzle solving as their primary gameplay activity. The Witness most closely fits into the category of physics puzzle games, since players must use the game's physics and environment to work out the logic of its puzzles. Since neither Ryan nor I had previously played The Witness, but after our conversation you can bet we will, we were curious to hear more about the game's 650 puzzles. From first-person perspective, you're walking through, say, a forest in the game, and you come across this kind of wooden board with these sequential kind of square-shaped puzzles. And some of them literally, they're, they're actually called Tetris puzzles. This is just take one example, where you see Tetris shapes on a, a grid next to this puzzle grid itself, and you have to trace a line that matches the shapes that are there. That's one example. And then... There are other puzzles where it seems like it's just another puzzle on a grid. And here's a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played it yet. But there's one particular area. I think I can't remember if it's called the bunker or not. Sometimes I forget the exact names of the areas. But where it seems like you have these puzzles where you have to trace a, a line around these shapes. Like, for instance, before you reach this area, you'd been solving puzzles where there's these black dots or red dots. And you have to kind of separate them out with a line you can trace a line around them, but if you trace it or like, and you have two black dots and two red dots in one area, it won't solve the puzzle. So you have to cordon off the colors. And it gets more complex because the colors are sort of only subtly different from each other. And, there, and this is the spoiler alert. There's one part where you reach this, I think it's called the bunker, and you have similar puzzles to what you faced before, but now you're trying to trace the dots and you're tracing it around the colors, but it doesn't solve the puzzle. You're like, wait, this the game is freaking wrong. This is exactly what I did before. But in this area, it turns out what you have to do, there's this clear yellow glass behind the puzzles. You have to step back from your perspective, go behind the glass, and then look through at the puzzle. And then you'll see that the colors slightly change shape. And there's environmental cues as you're walking around kind of pushing you in that direction. There's all this clear glass everywhere. And it takes quite a perspicacious gamer to be able to realize that's what needs to be done. And I spent a long time just trying to resolve these puzzles over and over until I finally realized, oh, these ones involve an environmental cue to help you solve the puzzle. I'd give one other example of just how crazy it gets. There are audio puzzles. So some parts of the game you can't play with the music down. If you move to a certain part of the screen near the puzzle, it plays you a certain sound. If you move to another area, it plays you a different sound. And those sounds... For instance, in one case, if the sound is low, you move one part of the line on the puzzle low. And if it's high, you move it up higher, and you have to keep experimenting until you get it right. 
So there are all these subtle variations, but ultimately, just for people who haven't played it, it, most of the puzzles are on these kind of square grids that are often next to each other that are sequential. So you see one puzzle, and once you solve it, it opens up the next one, which is also on a square grid next to that one. Once you solve that, it opens up the next one, and so forth. In various locations throughout the game, some more obvious than others, the player finds messages on tape recorders that, when unlocked, are played out loud. The audio tapes are often in plain sight, and even the ones that are harder to find do not directly require puzzle solving. But the game also features six videos embedded in a windmill that are only unlocked after solving difficult puzzles that themselves can be hard to locate in the game world. Given their difficulty of locating and unlocking, Luke thought that Blow was perhaps sending a message about the importance of the content of these videos. There's two things that Blow does as a game designer. So one, he puts all these recorded messages throughout the game, uh, like little tape recorders, and you can click on them, and then they have actual audio, sometimes from real people. Like, for instance, one is from a physicist, Feynman, describing what it would be like to go through a room from the perspective of, like, a particle. It's just this really beautiful description that many have gravitated towards. And that's just one thing. So you're playing this game and you click on a recording and there's hundreds of them and it plays you back this message. And sometimes it, sometimes it might be about learning. So it might sort of loosely relate to what you're doing. But more specifically, so there's this huge windmill in a town in the center of the island that you can get to even at the beginning of the game. You go down underneath the windmill and there's these six videos that you can unlock through the course of the game. So you go out to other parts of the world, you solve these really difficult puzzles, and then they give you the key to open up these videos. And the videos are sequential, so there's one through six. And what's fascinating is they build this argument. One video will make an argument, and then it'll be sort of contradicted by the next or somewhat supported. And so, so they're, they're related. But at the same time, they touch on these all different areas of human understanding. So for instance, the first video is by this public communicator of science named James Burke from the 70s. And it's just all about him talking about how science is everything and it's going to disprove philosophy and literature and similar things you might hear from someone like Richard Dawkins today. And then the next video is from um, Feynman. And Feynman sort of is going against that. He's saying, yes, yeah, science is important, but there's different levels of explanation. And then at the, the last video you encounter, the last two are actually on the, this belief system from India, drawing from Hinduism called Advaita Vedanta, a much more secular belief system. And they give their points of view. So these six videos, we can assume blow, put some meaning into these particular six. First, because of how hard they are to unlock. And, and then second, because among all the other recorded messages, he chose these to put together in this order. Um, so that, that's just one example of how Blow builds more than just a game, so to speak. He, he puts so much more into it. Given their intricate design and difficulty, the puzzles and The Witness can be equal parts awe-inspiring and frustrating. And in a 2017 interview on the podcast Adam Ruins Everything, Blow had this to say of tackling the game's puzzles. Part of what the game is, is trying to do is be an exploration of, you know, hey, if we're really just trying to look at the world and understand the world, how do you even do that? How do you how do you take these little things and put them together into a, a bigger yes. picture? And how do you do that without just being a wacko and just 
going off and believing a random thing that's totally wrong and dumb, which is something that a lot of people choose right. to do, right? And Luke believes that Blow's decision to craft the game in such a way that it requires shifting one's perspective says something important about Blow's epistemological approach to game design. Let me introduce a couple of concepts that I mentioned in the article that actually come from ancient Greek philosophy. That's the concept of epiphany and aporia. Everybody knows epiphany, aporia is lesser known, but aporia is just a state of puzzlement that Plato talked about in terms of learning and finding the truth is that you often go through this process of puzzlement of how do I figure this out? I can't get it. And you really struggle. And that puts you in this state. And no matter what you do, you can't figure it out. But then suddenly you have the epiphany and it all comes together. And so I think that experience in the game was so profound. That's what led me back to the game, the way new puzzles will be similar to the old puzzles, but different. Some of them will be entirely different. Some of them you'll think are the same, but a new rule has arisen. And so all of this complexity um, puts the gamer in a state of aporia, but it rewards the gamer with the, with the epiphanies if they struggle hard enough in it. And so I realized that's what I really liked about the game. And so that's what made me decide to focus my argument on epistemology rather than values per se. I, I mentioned at the end of the article that my argument, there might be more to it, that Jonathan Blow may have been saying more with this game than just the epistemology I'm pointing to. But I, I point out that my article is focusing on, on this one thing, not to exclude everything else, but just to focus on it. And also, my article could have been a book if I had really gone into all the meaning. There's a lot there, I think. So I thought, well, I can really hone in on this aspect of knowledge and truth and what is Blow intending with the puzzles he's building and the way he constructs them and the way he built the island. What's he saying about knowledge? So it was that if I had to pinpoint one thing, it's just playing the game and having that experience of uh, Epiphany and Aporia um, leading me to reflect on knowledge. While The Witness was received to broad critical acclaim, there were a few critics who were less impressed, but said nothing about any serious flaw in the game design. They just said it was too hard. As a puzzle game in which the player must solve increasingly sophisticated puzzles that test the limits of her deductive and inductive reasoning abilities, The Witness is incredibly frustrating. But why? We'll hear what Luke thinks after this short break. This episode of Parsing Science is brought to you by Figshare, a free-to-use cloud-based platform for storing and sharing your research outputs. Upload your tabular data, images, 3D scans, videos, and more to Figshare to get credit for all your research. And if you're a fan of podcasts, check out Figshare's podcast, School of Batman, where we ask academics to use their research to help Batman fight crime. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to Parsing Science. Here again is Luke Cuddy. I actually think the frustration comes from that contrast in that a person may think that they're coming at this from a subjective observer-based perspective, but they're directly confronted with the actual rules of the game. The guy who interviewed Blow that I cite in the paper, I think his name's Adam Conover, a former podcast, he says something like, to blow. He says, you know, when I'm playing the game, I'm frustrated that, wait, I think I, fiz- I figured, like, you actually think you know the answer to the puzzle. He's like, I think I figured this out. And I'm confronted with the idea that the puzzle can't be wrong. Right. But I think it's wrong. Like you're looking at the puzzle and you're thinking this is, there's gotta be something wrong here. But that reality of the game takes you out of your own subjectivity and makes you say, no, it's not just my point of view. There's a real way to figure this puzzle out. 
But going back to Tetris, I, I would distinguish between other types of puzzle games where it, it's more straightforward, where you know what the rules are and they remain more or less consistent. You might get a new shape or something like in Tetris or maybe in other puzzle games, you'll have like a new environment slightly. But I, I think the way Blow did these puzzles was very much more complex than lots of other games. Almost all of the puzzles in The Witness make use of inductive and deductive reasoning, which have been identified as core elements of knowledge by philosophers and other academics for years. And some puzzles in the game require a challenging synthesis of inductive and deductive reasoning to solve. In these puzzles, players must search for a probable clue in the environment around the puzzle grid, but once that clue is found, the puzzles are solved deductively according to previously understood rules, as Luke explains next. So deductive knowledge is usually kind of based on certainty, you know, the standard argument to illustrate deductive reasoning is all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, so Socrates is mortal. It's kind of like deductive reasoning is you already have the tools to figure out the, the, the answer is sort of there. You just have to put the stuff together to push out the right answer, just like a computer programming. Whereas inductive reason is more of taking cues from the environment and putting together a hypothesis. It's more based on probability. If I have these two things, it suggests this other thing is likely to be true. And so the way I define the deductive and inductive knowledge relative to the game is that I see like the Tetris puzzles I mentioned before, I see those as deductive because all the rules you need for the puzzle 